0: My name is Matt Brown. I mean, is it possible that they can ride the D? I, right. I... The defense? Okay. And let's start the show. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're gonna open it up. We're gonna go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do, we'll win this game. They lost. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, January, what is it? January 17th, 2023. We have an action-packed NFL show for you. I mean, seriously, this particular weekend, even amongst the blowouts, even amongst the very few, well, not few, the one insanely classic game. There were so many storylines being grown, there was a lot going on, and it wound up being a stellar Super Wildcard weekend, and I really mean that. And before we get into it, and also before we preview the divisional round, I just want to remind you... To like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram, at Productive Conversations Podcast. Exit Twitter, at Pod. We're on TikTok, at Productive Conversations. And Facebook, at Productive Conversations. So today's show, we are about to recap the entire weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games Two on Saturday, two Sunday, two Monday, and there was something special about each and every single one of them. And then, of course, we are going to preview the divisional round. No hated today, no bars, just me again, solo dolo, and we're going to still have a stellar show amongst it. And if you are watching the show on YouTube, not listening on all our podcasting platforms, you may notice that I'm not wearing a hat for the first time in... Maybe ever. I don't think I've ever not worn a hat on this pod. I'm sure we've done over 300 shows. I'm sure if you look back, you can find me not wearing a hat. But I'm showing my hair today, and it looks fucking awesome. Um, I'll say that. But besides that, we have a big show. We have a lot to get into. So let's get into it right here, right now. Let's begin our recap of the divisional. Sorry, let's begin our recap. uh, Let's begin our recap. Of Super Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. So it's really hard to figure out where to start. But when we talk about America's team, who blows it on Sunday nights, we have the Green Bay Packers, the seventh ranked Green Bay Packers take out the number two seed in the NFC. The Green Bay Packers win. By a score of 48-32 to on the road, Jordan Love established himself as a stellar quarterback in this league. Dak Prescott really began a nightmarish offseason, and he's not going to be able to redeem himself until September and may very well risk never getting any respect again. Mike McCarthy might be on his way out. Jerry Jones very emotional after this loss. And it's insane. The Cowboys fall to the Packers. What could truly be called one of the most embarrassing games in the history of the National Football League in terms of what they were coming into this game, how unprepared they looked against the Green Bay Packers. A team people thought they had. They were rebuilding. They're able to sneak their way into the playoffs. And this is what happens. Aaron Jones has three touchdowns on the ground Um nothing was going right. And even this 15 point spread is doesn't justify the actual beatdown that was happening. And going to the fourth quarter is 48 to 16. And I don't know if you want to just call it um, you know, maybe the, the Packers were underestimated. I'm not underestimated. I mean they just weren't playing as hard. They they had time on their side and look what happened. An absolute absolute disgrace if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, if you're the owner in Jerry Jones, who looked like his heart was ripped out, the 82-year-old owner, we know how bad he wants to win. And he just saw his team get annihilated in their home stadium. It is as bad as it gets. I'm just like Stephen A. I'm giddy about it being a Giants fan. And yeah, I mean, wow. We did not see this coming. And who knows what the Packers can actually offer moving forward here. I mean, they were up 27 to zero going um, at one point in the second quarter. And I mean, I, I heard this week that the sports books just annihilated because none of these games were expected. And I think especially the Dallas Cowboys where you have Tony Pollard was only okay. Only 56 yards were a touchdown Ceedee lamb despite 110 yards was doing nothing in the first three quarters. And then Dak Prescott throwing, first of all, 60 pass attempts, playing desperately, probably knowing that, yeah, I put so much pressure on me. I had so many high expectations. I talked about not throwing interceptions this this season. And what happens? You threw a couple of picks. You threw a pick six. A disaster struck. And, you know, kudos to Green Bay winning this game was incredible seven and a half point underdogs and they pulled it off and now as they go into their game next week um let me just remind myself one more time they're going to play san francisco i mean wouldn't it be something if they knock down the one and two seed here um who knows i'll talk about that game towards the end of the show but jordan love man making his name for himself matt lafleur Feeling good after losing Aaron Rodgers this year and coming up short last year against them. You know, they were just a game away from the playoffs and they lost to to Detroit on their home field. And as uh Jordan Left said, sky's the limits now. And who would have thought Green Bay is playing in the divisional round weekend when Aaron Rodgers is home? Unbelievable stuff, everybody. Am I right? Unbelievable stuff. And Yeah, here's the big question here. In my humble opinion as a podcast host, what's going to happen to Mike McCarthy now? Tell me, what about um, Mike McCarthy? He's had three full seasons, 12 and five each year, only one playoff win to show for it. And now with... An aging Jerry Jones, an emotional one for a team that coming to next year will not have been in the NFC Championship at least in 30 years, haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years, and they've gone through quarterback after quarterback, six different coaches, and now the availability of Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, is Jerry Jones going to put his money where his mouth is, fire Mike McCarthy, not have him go out on his final year, of his contract brings in the greatest coach of all time not only for him wanting to pass George Hollis and be the or John Don Sula but sorry to pass George Hollis as the all time winningest coach in total wins just 15 away and then be the one to bring Dallas back into the mold and have the Dallas Cowboys be the very best team and win the Super Bowl. And I mean this team had it. The O line was stellar. The pass rush was lethal the weapons, especially CeeDee Lamb, who I would say just prior to last to last week was the best receiver in the NFL. And Dak Prescott having a really, really good season, and it all goes down the tube from an insane Green Bay win. Absolutely fun to watch. Um, I don't feel bad for the Cowboys fans. Ha-ha, 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 ha-ha. And, yeah, thanks to Green Bay's stellar offensive game. Um protect not letting get um not letting Jordan Love get hit um the running game was something else and from the start going down the field in the first drive and um showing that this is going to be a great team uh this team has something special here green bay packers win 48 to 32 and go on to play San Francisco. Ultimately. Yeah. I say that Bill Belichick will be a Dallas Cowboy. He will be hired as the coach, Jerry Jones, especially the way if you just saw him in the press conference and not the filtered sad face emoji that he was on. He was upset. Went into the locker room right after the game was over. I'm sure he let it out because this was not supposed to happen. And it did. Undefeated at home going into the season, going into this game, and you don't win in the postseason. Dak Prescott will be questioned now again. Um, I really think this was supposed to be a breakout for him. Even if he got to the NFC championship, that would have, that would have insanely done, that would have done huge things for him in the franchise, but it just didn't happen. Green Bay was the better team and they were way more prepared. Dallas was underprepared. And the stats don't justify just the beatdown the Green Bay defense gave to Dallas. And just seeing the Dallas secondary not keep up with people like Romeo Dobbs and, and Devontae Wicks having a good game. And, I mean, yeah, everybody. What are you going to do when um, Jordan Love runs all over you? And now they have some some serious momentum going against San Francisco, and Dallas is now in pain, and they will be in pain for the next six, seven months until training camp starts again. And as I said, I do expect Bill Belichick to be hired as the Dallas Cowboys coach, head coach. <laughs> and as Tom Brady went to the NFC and won a championship, we'll see if Bill Belichick could do the same thing. Packers win. Dallas devastated. And why don't we talk about the other NFC East team that also got annihilated on Monday evening where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 32-9. to nine And it was all Tampa in this game. I mean, people really did expect Tampa to pull off the upset. The Eagles did come in at this, as the two-and-a-half-point favorites. And yet, Baker Mayfield coming into it where people are concerned about his ankle and lower body. All he did was throw 337 yards in the air, three touchdowns, 22 for 36. Um, and you see, let's pull this right here. Kate Oden with a stellar game. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin showing the dynamic duo they are even without Brady. And then we could also give props to the running game. Uh, Rashad White showing um, his skills, you know, 18 attempts for 72 yards. But just the, the thing is Baker here, Baker Mayfield, run. He was able to use his legs successfully. He was able to get out of pressure when he needed to. And with a defense secondary that just had no shot all season long, despite the deals they made at the trade deadline, bringing in a defensive back from Tennessee, Green Bay was lost. And yes, no A.J. Brown, which was a huge blow to them. But Devontae Smith and Julio Jones weren't able to strum it up together. And Jalen Hurts was struggling all night. And I knew the moment that they failed the tush push for the first time. And probably the last time we'll ever see the tush push because the NFL is expected to make that an illegal play. They finally stopped. So poetic justice there that the one game the tush push fails is the one game that ends the Philadelphia Eagles season. And Jalen Hurts just running like a chicken with his head cut off, having a hard time all game. Um... Devontae Smith was only able to do so much, even with his 12 targets. Um, Tampa was rushed, um, rushed. They pressured him. And Tampa just showed that they were lethal all on their home turf. And the Philadelphia Eagles embarrassed themselves, going 10-1, losing six out of their last seven. And now they have an early exit. We could argue all day who had it worse. Was it the Eagles losing or was it the Dallas Cowboys losing with all the high expectations and the brouhaha? You're going to have to go with the Eagles. You go 10-1, and not win your division, and then blow it against Tampa, which you could have beaten and you were expected to. The way you came out and just crapped the bed, Especially Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did not look confident at all. He's having a hard time in this game and um, goes to show for it. And then you, you also missed the extra point <laughs> at one point. It's uh, the only person I really feel bad for is Jason Kelsey. Somebody who shows what the importance is being a good, humble dude, being a good family man, being a good brother. And. Um, Going out this way saying goodbye. <clears throat> I did feel bad for him, and he'd probably be the only Philadelphia Eagle I'll ever respect. But ultimately, Philly loses. It's hilarious. It's great. And now we'll see if Nick Sirianni actually gets the boot. You know, talking all that crap against Kansas City after defeating them. And then it just got worse worse. The big Dom situation and um People questioning if Jalen Hurts was hurt or not. And yeah, this team was a mess. Ill, also, like Dallas, ill prepared. Um, injury problems definitely were a factor. There's no denying that. But just seeing how the secondary was just absolutely crushed by the weapons of the by the wide receivers of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was no question that Philly was losing from there. And it didn't. Absolutely did. And um, I'll say the Philadelphia Eagles really missed their coordinators. People who stepped up for them. People like Matt Patricia towards the end of the season. They had actually changed the play calling to him. And he gave up 32 points in a playoff game. And when that happens, chances are not that good for you to wind up winning. But ultimately, Baker Mayfield... If you really want to argue he's the comeback player of the year, you can make a case from this. Winning another playoff game with another franchise, and especially playing Hurt, it was awesome. Throwing on that back foot, being accurate, and um, giving good separation for his receivers. It was a great, great Baker Mayfield performance, and kudos to that guy. He, at first, coming in seemed you know, brash, and if you want to say the word cocky, and being in, in every single commercial in 2017, 2018, and really got humbled losing the job in Cleveland, going to Carolina, going to the Rams, um, lining up in Tampa, and he helps them win the division and gets another playoff win under his belt. Baker Mayfield, you are a winner in my book. Philadelphia Eagles, as I mentioned with those terrible, no good fans they have in Philly who are willing to just do heinous things to show that they're better than you. Well, guess what? You lose. And I get it. My Giants didn't do anything better. And we ultimately, uh, even though they did beat you at the uh, in week 18, but to see in this collapse was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Ha-ha, Philly, you're out of here. And Tampa moves on. So why don't we now move on to an NFC game? Sorry, an AFC game. Let us move to an AFC game where we had the Miami Dolphins go to Kansas City, reigning Super Bowl champions. And what happens in this game? in this game that felt negative 30 degrees with the wind chill. Well, ultimately the Chiefs used the cold as the ultimate weapon against the Dolphins and what happens? Tua looks like he did not belong on the field, playing absolutely horrendous in the cold and um ultimately the Chiefs prevail on and they win. Thanks to Rasheed Rice finally getting some love. I've been saying it all season long. He he seems like the only receiver you could trust, not even Kelsey. Kelsey has some bad drops in this game. Patrick Mahomes playing like a dog out there, breaking his helmet, and playing pretty flawlessly. I mean, 23 for 41, just over 50% fine. You could take that in these frigid cold temperatures. And then just handing it off to Isaiah Pacheco. You played a Miami Dolphins team that's been questioned all year long. And ultimately, if if they're not playing in Miami, they are vulnerable. They are beatable. And I know, and I mentioned, and I, and I mentioned that the Miami Dolphins defense, it was almost like they put out their secondary in a postseason game. Just so many bad injuries, and they couldn't keep up. I mean, you, you can't really be this surprised. And now we really question – I think this year you don't question Mike McCarthy, but you have to question Tua of viola who, despite 199 yards in the air, just just had a rough, rough game in the freezing cold, the opposite of his element in Miami. And I know he's from a warm climate as well, but it was bad, absolutely bad for the Dolphins. I mean, with – I mean, Tyreek Hill couldn't do much in this game. Only fifty, only sixty-two yards, and he was the highest receiver. Jalen Waddle had troubles. Uh, um, Cedric Wilson Jr. It was tough. It was tough. And where was the rushing game in a frigid, cold game? And I know it was felt like concrete, but when you need your rush, when you need, when you need your your running backs to have in a big game. They didn't only eight carries for Raheem Mostert, who who this year passed the all time record, all time rushing record for the Miami Dolphins in touchdowns. And Devon Achan, I mean, where was he? Nine yards for six carries. Embarrassing, embarrassing. I mean, Tua was the second leading rusher. Bad game. It was just a nightmare game for the Dolphins. You just despite that. 53 yard touchdown pass, and again Tyreek Hill only had nine other yards besides that. It was it was boring. It was boring. It was a beatdown, and Kansas City wins. Not really much of a surprise. I mean, they definitely maybe it's a good thing they played this game in the winter, in the freezing cold, because everybody to go to Buffalo in not just as bad conditions, but it was also going to be freezing out there. And you know what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It was a bad night for Miami and you have to really question this Tua a franchise quarterback and in his first playoff game ever not looking good. You really need to build a team that will go for well, will go 15 and 2 to guaranteed home field advantage. Super Bowl is usually in a warm climate and Miami is a different a completely different team when they're not playing a cold weather team. But that's football for you. You're likely going to play in the cold in January if you want to play in the Super Bowl, and they weren't able to take advantage of that, despite a great season. And it was a lot of fun watching this 11 and 16 turn into what they turned into, especially with the season of hard knocks. But at the end of the day, Dolphins had a hard time against teams over 500. With the exception of Dallas, they couldn't they they couldn't beat anybody there, and. I had to figure out about Tua. After today, I I Tua's got one more year to really prove himself in the cold, but I just he did not he did not look confident at all. He looked timid and you know, not a lot of separate – he was not making those yards. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, option passes and the weapons were running. He didn't really throw the ball much in the game, so um i think Tua seriously has some things to figure out once again and trust me props to him getting to this point after an incredible after a scary season for him last year and you know playing every single game this year and making it to this point but he's really got to figure out how to play in the cold weather and if he does that then he could advance to the next level until then i don't see him as a franchise quarterback I just don't. And when you don't have Hill, you really had nothing. And um, even despite Jalen Waddle being a solid back, uh, wide receiver too, he seems to really rely on Tyreek. And the um, call got to him as well. So Tua, we'll see what happens to you in the future. Kansas City moves on. We'll talk about them a little more against Buffalo. And speaking of... Monday night game was originally scheduled for Sunday and then they moved it to Monday and it was the Buffalo bills defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers by a score of 31 to 17 and the bills all day, all day for, for the bills. The, again, similarly to the green Bay Packers, the Steelers just sneak in there. But I mean, only this time, um, at least for the first quarter, they looked like they did not belong. Um, after they were able to clear out all the snow and everything, Josh Allen, um, continues his hot streak. Um, Getting touchdowns to both of his tight ends, him running for 52 yards himself. It was 21 nothing. It was looking like it was going to be a big blowout. And Pittsburgh, despite their injuries as well and the huge, the huge gap with no TJ Watt, they played a little bit of a game. They got it to as close as a 17 to 24 game with Mason Rudolph out there, but there was no chance they were going to win this game. Let's be real. But they kept it close, even with the rushing attack not doing a thing and um again you're playing your backup quarterback but in this case Buffalo wins Buffalo looked awesome out there and it seems now that Josh Allen is Using more of Jason Cook, of uh, James Cook. He seems to be utilizing James Cook in his tight ends more than his big receivers. And I also know there was no um Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. His production has gone down all season long. But regardless, Buffalo looked awesome out there. And they were banged up as well. So no excuses for them. And they won. Stellar 31-17 victory. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, future is questioned. I mean, Mike Tomlin didn't even answer about his future. He literally left the podium in Pittsburgh after that. And I know it's ultimately going to be him and his family's decision. But I just want to say if he leaves, Mike Vrabel will be the new coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Probably get that job for life or as long as he wants to. And as long as he does a great job, which – he likely will. I mean, he the, the fact that he made the Tennessee Titans into contenders when they only had Derrick Henry speaks volumes. And it wouldn't be surprised that the team that it wouldn't be a surprise that the team that drafted him is the team that hires him as only their fourth coach since the nineteen late nineteen sixties. Insane stuff. Am I right? <laughs> But ultimately, the Bills win as a result of Josh Allen playing like a dog, utilizing James Cook. He's here to stay. He's a legit running back in this league and um, playing stellar offensive ball while also preventing Pittsburgh from making any type of comeback whatsoever. Very good stuff there. Very, very good stuff. Now let's get into this game. The Houston Texans defeated the Cleveland Browns by a score of 45-14. to At first, it really was a battle, back and forth. We have this awesome story of Joe Flacco coming off the couch, giving one more final run before he hangs it up, brings Cleveland to win their division, and um, ultimately with the best, with the very best defense in the league, it was a daunting task when Cleveland was up fourteen ten in the in the second quarter, and then. As soon as they turn, as soon as the kickoff happens and they're ready to start the drive, a brevin Jordan seventy six yard touchdown from C J Stroud, and it was all Texas from there. He had scores with Dalton, um, Dalton Schultz, then versus then for some reason the Cleveland Browns offense was getting desperate. Joe Flacco throwing some of the most ugly interceptions you'll ever see in any game two pick sixes back to back and Houston ran away with it. CJ Stroud has established himself as one of the very best quarterbacks in the league. And he's only a rookie, a career game for CJ Stroud with three touchdowns, 274 yards in the air. Um, And again, this is against the very best defense in the national football league statistically. And they have some of the best um, defensive backs, and they couldn't keep up with them. When Nico Collins um establishing himself as a stellar wide receiver in this game, and Dalton Schultz looking good out there, getting a touchdown, and again Breva Jordan looking good. there, mostly using backup receivers, and this team that is so young, inexperienced, young and inexperienced scored forty five points against Miles Garrett and that defense what a great game. Cleveland Browns were the Cleveland Browns unfortunately. And look at Houston everybody. Look at what Houston produced going from the second overall pick to the divisional round and maybe they have a chance against and maybe they have a chance against Houston, uh against the Ravens. Who knows? They were 2.0 they were underdogs in this game. They're not going on the road Obviously, it's a lot different. Baltimore is a heavy favorite into this, and we'll get into it more. But you cannot be more excited if you're Houston and CJ Stroud. Like that's what's the cool part, like seeing what he did, and a lot of people had doubts for what he pulled off. You just got to be proud of the guy. Simple as that. Be proud of this guy. And um, yeah, the, the the Cleveland was just running. It was just so bad, so bad. How can I said Kevin Stefanski is the coach of the year, but um, and he still could win. But uh, that you know, giving up forty five points is not is not looking good, despite being on the road. And yeah, by the way, I said Cleveland Browns won the division. It was the Baltimore Ravens who won the division, so my mistake on that one. But regardless. Houston, Texas move on. Thanks to CJ Stroud staying cool calm and collective being protected and was able to hit his targets, get the separation he needed for his receivers. And yeah, they're really cooking up something. And probably the rookie, the rookie coach has a good chance to win uh coach of the year in DeMarco Ryan's, I'm sorry, Demico D'Amico Ryan's D'Amico Ryan's um, what he was able to do with this young roster. Is nothing but spectacular. What an awesome game. Even in a blowout sense, still an awesome game. And why don't we finish it off with what is a clear favorite for the game of the week? And this might go down as a classic for if you think about the great wild card matchups, you think about obviously the Bills' historic comeback against the Oilers, you think about, um, for instance, or you th- you think about let me th- let me see really quick, before I forget the greatest wild card games. You know, a big list. It comes to mind when you think of the great wild card games in the NFL, and I would ha- like to think that the NFL adds another one right here, right now. And you think about uh, Tennessee beating Buffalo twenty-two in ninety-nine, San Francisco defeating the Green the Giants, and what well, the Giants blew it in 02, but San Francisco leads on, or Kurt Warner being Aaron beating Aaron Rodgers fifty-one to forty-five in overtime. I think you have to add now the Los Angeles Rams playing the Detroit Lions in the 2023 Super Wildcard Weekend as a classic. You have to establish it as a classic, people, in a revenge game for both Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff with so much on the line. The Lions winning their division and getting a home playoff game. There's so many eyes on them. And... I said it. I thought the Rams were going to pull off the upset, but I was wrong, and I don't mind because we wound up getting a stellar game where Jared Goff led the Lions to their first playoff victory in 32 years. How about that? And give kudos to Matthew Stafford, too. He played one hell of a game himself, and give credit to the Rams for staying in there all game, but they just couldn't score in the end zone when they, they just could not score in the red zone. Uh, it looked like um, it was almost like the Lions were prepared to cover Cooper Cup all night because Matthew Stafford was clearly looking for him and they were having a hard time. And, you know, when you have Aiden Hutchinson and that insane pass rush to help um, to help give Matthew Stafford a hard time against his old team, you see what happens there. And while the... Rushing attack for, well, sorry, while for the running backs for Detroit, you know, the best running back by committee in the NFL that's standing with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery scoring twice with, and again, against one of the best pass rushes in the league as well in the Los Angeles Rams. And then we had Kieran Williams, who I'm sure a lot of people betted on, only has 61 yards, no touchdowns, 13 carries. He was having a hard game. And besides going back and forth, it was ultimately the Lions prevailing. Got to be happy for Jared Goff. And, I mean, literally, they literally, the Rams straight up gave up on him. They went a Super Bowl without him. And this has to be one of the best things ever happened in his entire life. I mean, absolutely insane, 277 yards. Um Amon Ross, a. Brown helping out the cause, and Josh Reynolds playing an stellar game, and Jameer Gibbs, even as the running back, getting some solid receiving yards. It really could have gone either way. And like I said, Matthew Stafford kept him in there, and they did not turn over the ball. It was just not scoring in the red zone. And how about Puka Nakua, though? 181 receiving yards and nine receptions, only dropped one pass that was heavily contested. The Rams, I think, for a team that was rebuilding, you have a lot to look forward, and this also proves that Sean McVay, who people have criticized for having stellar rosters his whole career leading to a success. He was supposed to rebuild this year, and look what happened. They go on a winning streak. They get into into this position, and they almost win. But ultimately, the Lions win. Feel-good story. So happy for Jared Goff and... Now is Dallas losing and they get another home playoff game Let's see what happens? It's going to be a stellar, stellar weekend indeed. So with that, though, why don't we now get into our previews and let us give our picks for the very best weekend in sports, the NFL divisional round weekend. Let us get here, right here, right now. Saturday, 4.30, ABC. The Houston Texans, at 10-7, are taking on the Baltimore Ravens at 13-4. and 4. The Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed in the AFC, are opening at minus 7.5. All right. 7.5 is your spread, despite the Houston's— All right, excuse me. For almost a second— What's great about this is when we soon have a full staff and we have can have people time keep for me. Don't have to take quick pauses. But let us get into the action right now. As I mentioned, the Houston Texans are going to play. Sorry, let me start that again. The Houston Texans are playing the Baltimore Ravens, opening at minus. Yeah, minus seven and a half is your spread. Minus seven and a half. All right, so what are we going to do right here, gentlemen? How is this going to play out? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, all right, let's make our picks. Let me restart. Houston, Texans are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And with Baltimore opening at minus 7.5, give me the Houston Texans with the points plus 7.5, but ultimately go with the money line in Houston. I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be closer than we think. Despite Houston, sorry. Despite Baltimore's very powerful pass rush, I think that they could protect CJ Stroud. I think he could. I think despite Baltimore's heavy momentum in this, and the brand new Lamar Jackson, who's more of a pocket passer, who stays in the pocket, who goes in the shotgun and making some big plays. I think now. With Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers, I think they are going to, to name a couple of stellar options at wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that they could pull off this victory with their running back by committee, but I also think that Houston could keep it close. Houston knows how to score points. I mean, they scored 45 points against the against the the. Nah. The Houston Texans scored 45 points against the very best defense in the league. Why can't they do that against the Baltimore Ravens? And despite the Ravens being able to heavily protect Lamar Jackson and with the return of Mark Reynolds and sorry, Mark, Jesus. Oh man. Heads all over the place. Despite the return or Mark Andrews, and you now have little back, too. Now you have two stellar tight ends. That is another option for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I still think they he could score points. The over-under on this game is 43-and-a-half, and I do think it can be, oh, they can hit the over both teams. And it will go back and forth. I just don't see Baltimore going up with the separation and getting the victory that way. So, again, give me Baltimore. I think they will end Houston's stellar and beautiful season. But Houston is going to give them a fight, close the spread, and the Ravens will win by like a field goal or something. Or they might just win at seven. But it's going to be very interesting. But I think Baltimore is going to come up with this victory. And this is because I think they just are a better team overall. I think that despite Houston's defense being impressive against the Browns, they are playing a much superior opponent who can score on them, who can gain yardage, and who can give problems to to Houston's secondary, despite them being very good as well. I just think that um, they're going to keep it a little close, and this is going to be because Houston's going to be scoring as a top offense that they are. So give me the Houston spread but we will end it off with the money line for the Baltimore Ravens. All right, let's continue on, everybody. Let us now talk about the Green Bay Packers going to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. All right, at this moment, your spread for this game is San Francisco at minus 10. Sorry, the line has now changed. Sorry. All right, let's restart. So we have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Green Bay Packers where San Francisco's opening at minus eight and a half. Green Bay, you're going to put up a fight. Green Bay, you are going to make this interesting like you did against the Dallas Cowboys, which is why I think plus eight and a half for Green Bay, they're going to keep it close as well for the San Francisco 49ers. With Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury, He's not guaranteed to go off and be the MVP he was. But despite that, you have arguably the most complete team in the San Francisco 49ers playing against this Green Bay team. And and San Francisco has a stellar defense as well. And I do think they're going to give problems. But ultimately, I think Green Bay could close the spread as well. No, you know what? I'm changing my mind. Here is your new, here is your new, Here. here's how this is all going to go. San Francisco is going to cover the eight and a half. Give me minus eight and a half for San Francisco. And that's because when you have George Kittle, Debo Sweeney, what the fuck am I saying? Man, I'm lost in my train of thought. Excuse me. All right. Take a breather as everything just crashed on me for a second, but we're back. Let me restart it. San Francisco is going to cover the eight and a half point spread. And this is as a result of having people like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. And as mentioned before, even though Christian McCaffrey's hurt and he's coming off the calf injury and we don't know where things could go there. I do think San Francisco will score points against a Green Bay defense who, with Brock Purdy, who's won in the playoffs before and got them to the NFC Championship, and who knows what would have happened if he didn't get hurt in that NFC Championship game against Philly last year. I think Brock Purdy will show why he's cool, calm, and collective. At one point, he was an MVP, an MVP candidate. And he's going to be able to score points against his Green Bay defense. And Jordan Love will be able to, despite, I think the San Francisco 49ers defense is miles better than the Dallas Cowboys defense. And when you have Chase Young coming at you and Nick Bosa playing against a mediocre Green Bay line, I think they're going to pressure Jordan Love all game long. And I will say, if he's able to stay cool, calm, and collective, and he's able to go down the field against this insane San Francisco 49ers defense, then Jordan Love is legit. But ultimately, San Francisco is the better team. I think they'll be able to cover the spread easily, and this should be a fun game to watch despite that. Brock Purdy versus Jordan Love. Brock Purdy and his 49ers will ultimately prevail and be number one. All right, so we will put a cap on that. San Francisco, that will be your spread at minus eight and a half. All right, now let's go to Sunday afternoon where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing the Detroit Lions. This is going to be another fun one. I think two teams that we're happy to see play each other. and um, But here it is. Detroit versus Tampa Bay. Detroit opening as your six and a half point favorite. Give me Detroit minus six and a half. I think they can easily win by a touchdown against the Buccaneers. I don't think the Buccaneers are anywhere close to where the line should be. And ultimately, thanks to what they have in their great wide receivers in Amon Rossi, Brown and Josh Reynolds with one of the best running back duos by committee and the momentum beating the stellar Los Angeles Rams team, I think that they are going to give problems to Tampa Bay and their secondary. And kudos to Baker Mayfield, who was able to beat on a team that was down. I think Aiden Hutchinson will give the man some problems and he'll have him make quick decisions that will not be good. That could result into some turnovers for the Detroit lions. And despite they themselves having a great season and a lot to be excited for, if you're a Tampa Bay bucks fan, I think Detroit comes out as your winners as, and will win by seven and a half points, sorry, six and a half points. I think they can easily win by a touchdown cover that spread I think Detroit can easily cover that spread and give good kudos and good props to this amazing amazing Detroit team so Detroit will move on with the home field field advantage momentum sorry Detroit will move on with the home field advantage and things will be very exciting there if you are a Detroit Lions fan so let us do our last game and then we will wrap it up. So here we go. Let me get my notes here so I don't mess up like before. All right, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills. All right. The big rivalry of this generation, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, the seventh time they are playing each other. They're literal game seven. They're tied 3-3 against each other. Buffalo at home is opening at minus three points. Can the reigning Super Bowl champions knock out the Buffalo Bills? The answer is no. Kansas City is going to go out on top. Sorry. The Buffalo Bills are going to go out on top. They are going to avenge themselves after that absolutely heartbreaking loss in the divisional round two years ago. And Kansas City is going down. No more Taylor Swift. No more Brittany Mahomes. No more Kelsey. No more Andy Reid. No more Rashid Rice. No more Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh Allen's time to win this game get the win for Buffalo, get back into the AFC championship, and make a run once and for all to get to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1993. And despite the questionable, the questionable, and sorry, despite what Buffalo can really do with their receivers who have not been utilized that much as of late, I think the stellar tight ends could give problems to a very good defense in Kansas City. I think that they could get yardage. I think that they will get touchdowns. So doing an anytime touchdown for either Kincaid or Dawson Knox. And I think Buffalo can be protected. I think you have to remember that the Chiefs are terrible on offense this year. They're going to have Butterfingers once again. They are going to... They're going to have a hard time going down the field, and despite Buffalo themselves having a stellar defense, and despite Buffalo themselves—sorry, despite having a defense with many injuries—I do expect Buffalo to pull this off, and I think Josh Allen will finally get over the hump against Mahomes in the playoffs. He hasn't beat him in the playoffs yet, and Josh Allen will help Buffalo get back to the AFC Championship. I will say though. Patrick Mahomes, if he could get this team into the AFC Championship, definitely more of a case on why he can end his career as a top two or three quarterback of all time. Now, he does have a long ways to go there. But if he could get this team into that position, well, it's, it's why he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Simple as that. But ultimately, I think Josh Allen could beat him. I think him and his team can beat him and Mahomes' team. And this will be Mahomes' first away playoff game. And I think not being an arrowhead will make a difference here. The Bills Mafia is going to create pressure. Hopefully they're not jerks and throwing buff and throwing snowballs out there because apparently it's supposed to snow again. They're gonna have a windshield of minus two. But I think in this battle of two stellar running backs in James Cook and Isaiah Pacheco, I say Buffalo is the one to reveal and get the victory. So the Buffalo Bills, they will defeat the Kansas City Chiefs once and for all. So that should wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen. And despite a few hiccups with uh, some technical difficulties and then my notes going all over the place, we were able to pull off the successful show. And I thank each and every one of you. I just want to say I want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, exit Twitter at Pod. we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations, and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So we are back on Friday with a whole new tweet cap with the crew. We're getting our stories ready, and we'll also have a big announcement on Friday's show. And you will notice it. We're going to do the show as normal, and then something's going to happen, and you're going to be like, wow, this brand is going to the next level. But until then, continue having a good week. I want to thank everybody involved in the show today, especially Dolo Ren, a.k.a. Alex DeJesus, for what he does behind the scenes, and Nico Nocera for what he does behind the scene, behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what and being the very best fan base podcast can ask for so i love each and every single one of you i'll be back on friday to do all things pop culture and the tweet cap and we talk about the crazy things that are happening on the internet but until then my name is matt brown i'm the host of the productive conversations podcast don't forget to check in on your friends and family i'll see you on friday much love everybody peace